0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Finishing in the top four is a massive achievement for any Premier League team. And for those that don't make the cut, it can cause massive financial upheaval. Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea and Tottenham reached the promised land of UCL qualification last time out. And all four have been busy in the transfer market and on the tactics Sports to fine-tune ahead of the 2022-2023 campaign. And I'm here with my bro, Michael LaHood, to analyze what we can expect from Pep Guardiola, Jürgen Klopp, Thomas Tuchel, and Antonio Conte in the upcoming season. Que golazo! Top 4 chatter begins right now. Everybody, welcome to Kego Lasso. Luis Miguel Echegaray LM here with Michael LaHood. How are you, everybody? We are a nominee, by the way, for Best Sports Podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards, Michael LaHood. How good is that, my friend?
2: Uh, it was when I remember when I, I got the alert, I was uh, there's a dare, crip walking, crip walking in my front yard. <laughs> That's what I was doing. No, it's, it's just it's such an honor to be a part of just what this journey is. And LME, it started with you. So thanks um, for making this all happen. And Des as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Des Norris, uh, Lisa Roman, Kego Lasso. T, Michael LaHood, you are a massive factor of this, of course. Jonathan Johnson, James Bench, Heath Pierce, of course, Jimmy Conrad and Fabrizio Romano. We all thank you so much. Uh, and by the way, we appreciate it because we're getting closer to 15,000 subscribers. Maybe by the time you watch this, we've already passed it. It's not a small achievement. You know, we're a very young, Show So thank you so much. To nominate Kego Lasso, by the way, just go to podcastawards.com forward slash app forward slash sign up and then toggle down to the sports category. The whole process of this takes less than 60 seconds. We've included the link at the top of the episode uh, for the description as well. But the whole process takes less time than uh, Jonathan Johnson takes uh, to, to say his take <laughs> on any given show. So make sure that you, you please nominate us and, and vote for us as well. Please, please, please. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. Michael LaHood, it's been a while. I'm calling, uh, we're talking. I'm here in Surrey, England, visiting mm. my cousin, and you're in Austin, Texas. I mean, you can't get more ridiculously different than that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a few time zones between us, <laughs> but uh, hopefully the, the chemistry and the, the telepathy that we've shown still remains the same.
1: Oh, 100%, brother. All right, let's get to it, everybody. So today uh, we want to talk about the top four, obviously the teams in the Premier League that finished top four last season that are entering Champions League football in this coming season, the 2022-2023. A disclaimer, Michael and I are talking uh, right now, you know, as Chelsea await to announce Raheem Sterling, of course. Calvin Phillips has been announced to Man City. So there's still a lot of action going on in uh, the Champions League race uh, regarding this top 4 teams. And by the way Michael Lahood, uh, our producer does Norris said it before taping. I- I'm going to steal his joke but uh, you know <laughs> why are you wearing Man I know that you're a Man U fan but surely it's just like trolling on yourself my friend.
2: No, I'm I'm wearing it in protest for this show this <laughs> top 4 show without my team in it. We still <laughs> believe we're a top 4 team and w- no. I am wearing it I'm really wearing it in protest I,
1: Well, it's with hope, right? You're hoping that one day you will return. I'm- and reclaim the glory that you once had, and now under uh, uh, Eric Ten Hag, of course.
2: Yes, and also in protest of some of the the players just having a laugh with the wage bill. Phil Jones, I am looking at you. I know you watch this show, Phil Jones, so I'm talking to you.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, we're going to have to do a whole other show on Manchester United with Michael LaHood complaining. But welcome, everybody. This is about the top four. Manchester City, the winner of the Premier League, of course, Liverpool, of course, uh, Chelsea. And Tottenham, uh, amazing things under Antonio Conte, of course. We'll discuss each club, and this is how they finished last season. And then we'll give you, uh, Michael and yours truly, will give you our predictions on how they will end, or at the very least, how the season will end for them. I haven't even thought about this at all, Michael LaHood, so yeah. it'll be a live prediction for me, I guess. But let's begin with the winner, with Manchester City, Pep Guardiola and the Machine, They still, of course, are searching for a Champions League trophy, but a lot has happened. Gabriel Jesus is off to Arsenal, so no more false nine now. Okay, It's Erlen Haaland time. A very, very good, very versatile, very strong, but very demanding number nine. So the first question to you is, and we're going to talk about the squad, Mm -hmm. but can Pep Guardiola adapt his style? What's it going to look like with Haaland?
2: So the last time Pep played and I'm going to go, I'm going to go way back beyond Bayern Munich. This kind of reminds me of a move that Pep made in 2010 with the one Zlatan Ibrahimovic, true number nine. And they had one in Samuel Eto'o, but true number nine, one that could hold the ball up, do a bit of everything. Holland reminds me a bit of that. He's got more pace than Zlatan does. And Pep didn't quite adapt to that. And that Barcelona team still, I mean, just scored a ton of goals. But it was a bit disruptive because the one thing that Zlatan had that maybe Semelanzo didn't have as big of a massive ego. <laughs> Erlen Holland has a big ego for a young man, and he is very vocal, just like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So I, I, I kind of, you know, throw a little bit of caution in this. In terms of ability, I think he's amazing talent, one of the top two strikers in the world, if not top three in the world, healthy or not. But The ego part, I I just wonder how that's going to play out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting uh, point. I guess the fact that Pep Guardiola is your manager helps, right? Uh, Pep Guardiola is no stranger to dealing with egos and big names. And to your point, he's young, but he's very, very good. And he's more than just a poacher, but he's excellent inside the box. So I guess that's where we led with our question. So with that being said, Michael, Raheem Sterling, you know, reportedly off to Chelsea getting closer. We'll see how that develops. Of course, uh, Gabriel Jesus is gone. He was playing even, not even central anymore. He was false nining it, but there were times when he was like wide out, of course. And you still got the likes, of course, of Riyad Maris, Phil Foden. Of course, we'll talk about Jack Grealish in a second, you know, and, and even deeper on. And Julian Alvarez, by the way, which is going to be just a revelation as well. So how how can how is this Man City going to look? And there's by the way, um, Ortega, of course, the goalkeeper. We'll see what happens with Zach Steffen. But Erlen Haaland when Julian Alvarez being announced, uh, being uh, presented to the Man City fan base. How would you how, – how does it fit then? Erlen Haaland leading the yeah. way. What are you seeing around him?
2: So when you talk about the playing style and the adaptability on the field for Pep, now they have a focal point that they haven't had probably since Sergio Aguero. Aguero much more mobile, but Holland can move as well. The thing that Holland is going to have to adapt to in this system is not dropping back so deep. Cause that can clog up spaces for the Kevin De Bruyne as the Bernardo Silva's in the middle of the park. And he's going to make his money, his big money in the box when the ball gets wide for Manchester city, they have players who can cross the ball. Phil Foden can whip in a ball. Kevin De Bruyne can whip in any sort of service. And this is a player who thrives off of service. Julian the Navarro's. He can also thrive off service. He's a player more that can function though as a second striker, function more in that false nine role. I mean, he's an out and out striker. Uh, I think the the one thing with City, <clears throat> when I think about all the the talent coming in, also the talent going out, they've lost depth at that winger position. Now you are you are banking on Riyad Mahrez and Phil Foden to have just consistent seasons. And I mean, they they had probably their two best seasons yet. And Riyad Mahrez is Mister Champions League. For Manchester City. So, in terms of goals, they've actually gotten better in front of the goal, adding Erlen Holland and Julian Alvarez. It's just that depth out wide that I think these two losses of Jesus and Sterling is kind of impacted.
1: Yeah, so, to that point, let's talk about Jack Grealish because he's going to mm. be a major. And, you know, it, it's fair to say that he had a quiet first debut season with Manchester City, something that he probably didn't expect. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that. He's just getting used to a new system and, you know, to your point the depth in Manchester City. But Jack Grealish now entering the second year, I'm expecting that Man City fans are expecting a big season for him, specifically in the Champions League, in big matches. How do you see Jack Grealish year two?
2: I see an improvement in him. One, I hope that... He can sober up from his uh, holiday in Ibiza as well as he should because <laughs> he's, 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 right he's now a...
1: as well. Now, in I think Greece. He's moving ah. all, yeah, all over Europe.
2: Is, is that where you're actually doing the show from? Or are you hanging yeah, out? Yeah, with <laughs> he's the, right. Well, Boy. Nah, nah.
1: Me and Jack have still a very sensitive relationship. I can't, you know, yeah. it's like when no. you break up with a really serious ex girlfriend, I can't, I can't talk to him right now. Oh,
2: uh, but listen,
1: like one thing is, I expect Jack to, uh, you know, the thing is, for his entire career, He's always been the magnet to the ball. That's yeah. not a Man City play, so he has to get used to that. But I think that this will be a very good year for Jack Grealish, specifically in the big occasions, in the tournaments, in the Champions League, etc.
2: Mm, so I, I I was thinking about this when preparing for the show, and I actually think maybe a positional change might suit him better. Right? Jack Grealish is not just a, a winger. In his last couple of years at Villa for the English national team, He's been played as a winger to kind of make space for other players. I wonder if what it would look like to play center midfield in this Manchester City team.
1: Yeah, as an 8. When he, yeah,
2: yeah, as, a, as an 8. I think that actually suits him better than how Manchester City's wingers play because they're sometimes isolated out wide, and that creates running lanes for your center midfielders. And Jack Grealish, he can time runs forward, winding the clock back even further to how he started his career more as a central midfielder.
1: Yeah, and to that point, speaking of central midfielders, they grabbed Calvin Phillips from Leeds United. How's that going to fit in? Because obviously we're talking about Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Rodrigo, of course. I mean, that midfield as well is kind of self-understood, Bernardo Silva. So how's Calvin Phillips going to fit in in all this?
2: I think you're going to get a bit more steel, athleticism in the middle of the park mm-hmm. to Calvin Phillips and cover. Uh, Rodrigo, I'm shocked at how he didn't make team of the year for the Premier League last year. I think it was highway robbery to not put him and put Thiago in there. Thiago is an exceptional footballer. Thiago played two months well. Rodri, I think he was one of the unsung unsung heroes, if not the unsung hero, for this Manchester City Premier League winning side. But getting Calvin Phillips in, you have an England international, you have a player who I think is ready to step up to this level. And I think in the cup competitions is where he can really get his confidence going. And you never know players' health. So you need depth at that defensive midfield position. He's he's a, a astute passer, and his runs forward, he can make the odd run forward that maybe Rodri can't consistently. But Rodri scored a bunch of goals last year, surprised everyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. This is what I think, and we'll move on to Liverpool in a second, but this is what I think about Manchester City. Uh, and these signings and I'm sure they're not even done probably M- maybe you know mm-hmm. one more player will come in but the Premier League is a set thing for them Pep Guardiola understands it he knows how he has to rotate specifically week by week the Champions League is I think where these specific players specifically early now because for a yeah. long time Michael I've said look the thing about Man City is like it's kind of like the, the horse goes to water every time in the Champions League. It cannot finish the drink. It can't drink it. I think with Erling Haaland, finally, because you have to win ugly sometimes in those real tough, rough matches, specifically in the knockout stages, when you get physicalized or when you get shocked, just like Real Madrid did, of course, uh, on more than one occasion against Manchester City. You need somebody that can just get the job done. I mean, if you remember Jack grealish had he had scored that goal oh. against Real Madrid, maybe it would have been a different narrative. Erling Haaland is a player that will get that done. I think it's about getting that done and Ted Guardiola finally getting the Champions League trophy that he wants with Manchester City. We'll talk about predictions in a minute, but let's move about Liverpool. Let's talk about Liverpool now. Okay, Sadio Mane is gone. Darwin Nunez is in the Uruguayan. Okay, uh, Mohamed Salah announced a new contract so Liverpool fans can relax a little bit. Luis Diaz uh, absolutely laid it up in his first season, uh, half season with Liverpool, of course. Uh, has Jurgen Klopp done enough in the transfer window, do you think?
2: I don't think so. This Liverpool team is one or two injuries away, not up top, but in the midfield and in the back from being a Premier League contender to just struggling to make Europe. We saw that two seasons ago where I don't think they have enough depth in midfield. So your starting midfield, in my eyes, is Thiago. Fabinho, who's one of the best defensive midfielders in the Premier League, his consistency, his his ability to deliver in big games is what I love about him. Jordan Henderson, you know what you're going to get out of him—box to box style. He's the heart and soul, the, the 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 vocal leader of this team. But what's what comes after that? Nagby Keita doesn't give you enough. I I probably would go get more depth in midfield. And really, Virgil Van Dyke, keeping him healthy is massive. But I think in the midfield, in the back, is I'd like to see more depth added.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a very valid point. The other point I, I wanted to raise about Liverpool, a, a formidable squad, of course, they're always going to be up there. My worry as well, as similar to Manchester City and Pep Guardiola dealing with the false nine and the transition of that, is the fact that I think this Liverpool side, Michael, is going to miss Sadio Mane more than they think. Darwin Nunez yep. is an absolute talent. I have no doubt in that. He is not Sadio Manet. So I'm wondering how that's going to evolve or rather devolve into what Jurgen Klopp has to do in this new season. What do you think?
2: I think that it's a it's a big risk by Liverpool, a big risk to lose. I mean, you're losing, gosh, between 125 and 150 goals in the last couple seasons for Liverpool alone. And you're putting a ton of pressure on a young Darwin Nunez to come in and say, hey, you know what? We gave you a lot of money. Go do what he did and then some. This is a big game player, a guy who is on the ascendancy in his career inside of Mane, winning international competitions, set to have a big World Cup. And really, this Liverpool team was due for a shakeup. The guy that I think could benefit the most from Mane leaving, though, isn't Diaz, isn't Nunez, it's Bobby Firmino, the forgotten man. Yeah. This is now set up for Bobby Firmino to have his best season yet. And he's he's going to need to have his best season yet. I don't think Nunez. I think Firmino is going to have need to have his best season yet in Liverpool Colours.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, make no mistake about it. Darwin Nunez is a ridiculous uh, introduction, but time will tell to see how quick he adapts to the Premier League. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we talk about the London teams, uh, third and fourth place, Chelsea Ooh. and Tottenham. Michael and I will give our predictions, and that will be it. Que lasso, top four chatter. We'll be
3: right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner, That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, by the way, if you're a fan of Que Pod, we really would appreciate if you just take 60 seconds to nominate us for the 2022 Podcast Awards. I mean, come on. Jonathan Johnson, James Bench, Michael LaHood, Fabrizio Romano, LME in the house, Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce as well, a vital part of this family. We've done so much to give you what you wanted, and you've been so great in supporting us. Check us out in the sports category of the 2022 Podcast Awards. It takes you less time than James Bench (laughs) takes about defending his arsenal. I promise you that much. Michael LaHood, let's talk about Chelsea. My God. I mean, listen, Chelsea Football Club, uh, quite an enigma sometimes. Obviously, Romelu Lukaku, the Project uh, 2.0, did not work. So he's gone on loan back to Inter Milan. Raheem Sterling, as we said in the beginning of the show, he's uh, nearing a move to Chelsea. That's fantastic. They got more wingers than I could even (laughs) count, uh, you know, uh, all over Europe. It's absolutely ridiculous. But Azpilicueta, Rudiger, Christensen, they're all gone as well. So defensively as well, they've got a lot to do. And this is the first Roman Abramovich less transfer window that we're talking about. And, you know, the Todd Bowley era is here. Can the club transition seamlessly into the American ownership uh, way of uh, directing, I guess, what do you think? What, what, what do you think about Chelsea? Uh,
2: I think they're in trouble. I think that uh, the, the club is way too top heavy an attack. I think it's a mistake that they didn't lock in Rudiger. And, and the timing of when this all happened, the timing of his contract running out, That he's going to be a key player that's going to be sorely missed for Chelsea. One of the things that Chelsea Football Club under Abramovich was founded upon wasn't just getting attacking players, but actually getting quality defenders and quality midfielders. Their defensive record was what turned things around and made them just... A formidable foe for the Manchester Uniteds, for the Arsenals, for the old guard at the time, and it was the you shall not pass in our eighteen to get towards goal, and it sets up the mantle for DDA Drogba. This is a Chelsea club that's always struggled with attackers, not so much wingers, but getting center forwards. I think Lukaku. Debacle was just that a debacle. I think they're 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 trying to do both two things. One, get rid of some of just the overload and attackers that haven't panned out, and and also try and offload some of their back line But it, it hasn't really worked in in terms of getting anyone. You're you're now relying on Ben Chilwell as your starting left back if Alonso's out, who didn't put together a healthy season, and now what, Thiago. Silva is getting older and he's not as mobile. Kareem Benzema exposed him for that. So I'm mm-hmm. very concerned for this this imbalance for Chelsea right now.
1: So there are reports, obviously, that they're still very interested in um, Jules Koundé from Sevilla. So they mm-hmm. do have to strengthen the back because it is worrying. A very good point, Michael, about Antonio Rudiger. Obviously, he won the Real Madrid, etc. And Golo Kante, by the way. You know, I'm hearing whispers of Arsenal being interested. I don't know about his future, uh, of course. Absolutely correct. And by the way, it's worth mentioning a certain Conor Gallagher who, mm. you know, did a lot of good things for Crystal Palace. Obviously, he returns to his parent club in Chelsea. We have to see what Thomas Tuchel does there. A lot of clubs are interested in him. But Ngolo Contes in his last year of his contract. So, you know, that that is something to be worried about. So you talk about defensively. I agree with you. That midfield worries me a little bit. Especially of the ball, and it's listen, Chelsea fans. There's no doubt you're going to be, you know, a contender for the top four. But there are reasons why you came third and not second or first. There's still a clear gap, Michael Lahoud, between Man City and Liverpool and everybody else. And Chelsea is a good example of that.
2: I I am curious what formational shift if this is a, a preview or a precursor to Chelsea going maybe back to a back four instead of a back three mm. with so many defenders. On their way out, could we see a back four, maybe four three three? Very not
1: out. Tuchel, though, is it?
2: Yeah, like, very not. Mm. So the 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 crisis in that back line that I see is you're not just losing solidarity in your back line, you're mm-hmm. losing goals. Mm-hmm. This is a Chelsea team that won the Champions League with a lot of their defenders up near the top and top scorers. And last year, Antonio Rudiger were banging in goals. Alonso scores key goals for them in the Prem and in Europe. And th- that's a massive warring sign. When I, when I was thinking of the, you know, they're, they're even bidding on Rafinha possibly have a yep, bid they're accepted. They're still in the
1: race for him. Yep,
2: They're still in the race for him. He wants to go to Barcelona. So that's
1: another winger. So you can see the mentality that Chelsea's going under. Make no mistake about it. Raheem starting to Chelsea is a great move. We're talking yeah. about a player that a few seasons ago was talked about, one of the best players in the world. He is that good. Absolutely. But with Lukaku gone, you know, I mean, I guess Kai Havertz and Steven Werner can have a little bit more freedom as well. But if I was Chelsea, Michael LaHood, I would do everything I can right now, aside from the defensive things they have to figure out the midfield, of course. But somebody like Jonathan David can come in this side mm. and maybe help a lot. I just think they need just one clinical goal scorer, to your point, that can maybe help them, especially in those days when they're not finding a goal during a 90-minute process.
2: This would have been a, a, a perfect chance – you're talking about the, a player that we highlighted for Liverpool. If they would have gotten a Darwin Nunez, mm. if they would have gotten a Julian Alvarez, mm. and they're, they're, they're going to miss a player like that, a player who's mobile, a player who can run in the channels, a player who can also you know come alive, but most importantly comes alive when they get into the final third. I think if they can steal any player like that, I, I think of a player that PSG are after, Samaka mm. from Sassuolo. He yeah. would have been a perfect fit. Physical, I think he could take the physical battle in the Premier League and also very mobile. And when that ball gets in the final third, he's one of the top three goal scorers in Serie A last season. Young, hungry, played for the U-20s a couple years ago in the the Italian national team that looks to be revamping. So a a player that has an upward trend is who I would have gone after that's fresh for Chelsea.
1: Absolutely. Chelsea fans, I want to just make something clear from Michael LaHood and yours truly. There's no doubt that you're a top four team. Yeah. But when we're talking about winning this Premier League title, I think, and by the way, we still have a a, a few weeks uh, to go uh, it, You know, to do more transfer uh, business. I'm sure you will because that back line needs defending. So top four, I have no doubt about it. It's about fighting for the Premier League title. And I think that you're still a little bit... Away. We'll have to see what happens. If they get in a Jules Kunde, Michael, that's Ooh. great. If they get a, a, a solid, you know, up and comer midfielder and a striker, then now you're talking. So you know, we have to wait and see. Let's move on and let's finish up with Tottenham Michael Lahood, who I gotta tell you, man. I mean, listen, I've been in England now for you know a week and a half, returning to see my family. I have a <laughs> lot of friends who are Tottenham fans. I've been talking to a lot of and for a long time. Tottenham fans have just been like, Daniel Levy never spends any money. This is just going to end terribly. I'm so pessimistic. I have never seen the Tottenham fan base be more optimistic than they are right now. And rightly so. Antonio Conte's first uh, preseason, so he has a lot more time to gel them. You know, they're in South Korea right now. Human Son is welcoming them at the airport. Harry Kane is staying. And they've made some really good business with Charlison. Parisage, Yves Bisuma, Lenglet. I mean, my goodness, talk to me about Tottenham because I'm feeling, I don't know, I'm not going to give my predictions yet, but Antonio mm. Contes Tottenham are doing some things, man.
2: So I get a text. I love what you said about most of your friends are Spurs fans. Most of my friends are Spurs fans. I think that's probably why we get along, because we've yeah. had to listen to <laughs> we the deal misery. With it. Yeah. over the last and couple of years. And they're
1: also, Tottenham is also a Aston Villa's bogey team as well, so I hate <laughs> it. We never beat them. So, But yeah, go, continue.
2: So I, I, I go back to, I think this change that we're seeing in the transfer window policy, I go back to a press conference that Antonio Conte had, and, and I don't know if they got knocked out of the FA Cup or had a horrific showing in the Premier League, but Antonio Conte put his foot down and said, this cannot happen any longer. I came here to win. I am a winner, and I refuse to do anything else. And when he threatened to leave the club, if they didn't start changing things around from the top down, hmm. I think that's when it started making a difference. That's when you started seeing a charge up the table for these Tottenham Hotspurs, and you're now seeing a unified front. When you look at the the transfer policy, this is Antonio Conte's stamp that he's putting on this team. It's not. It's not Daniel Levy. Picking the players, Santonio Conte, and, and this is how it should work at the biggest clubs in the world, in the biggest leagues. Your manager should feel satisfied, and he should be able to go and say, hey, you know what? This is who I want. This is what it costs, and this is why. It fits our DNA. These are players that aren't just by happenstance or aren't just the hottest names off the press. They're players that fit the system that he wants. They play a back three. They play a three, four, what? three with two attacking mids and one striker and Harry Kane. And you want to keep the Harry Kane satisfied, get players around him. You want to keep San Hu Ming satisfied, get players around them. They're going to get them the ball and also defend. So it serves up the game so they can hit the winner.
1: Yeah. And it's a good thing that they're in the champions league because clearly they need to have a good squad, not just a good oh, yeah. team. So my question to you, I guess, is with Richarlison right? A mm. very good player. I've talked about it. I did a thread about him a few weeks ago because uh, folks watch him uh, based on the, his premier league status. They don't understand that when he plays under a good manager, with all due respect oh. to everybody before him, he can really deliver. So you have Richarlison, Harry Kane, human son, Kulusevsky. Who's the odd man out then? How do you see it?
2: I think I, I always give the benefit of the doubt to new transfers coming in because why else is the manager going to spend the money to get them in? Mm. I think that Kulishevsky is a player who he, he plays his role well. If he comes off the bench, he's still going to give you 110%. I thought he was one of the, the signings of the January window for the Premier League. Probably lost out to Lucho Diaz in the end for Liverpool. Uh, but exceptional talent because he's an out not winger. He can get the ball. He can play different positions up front. But his adaptability, he can get the ball wide. And what does he do when he gets the ball? He serves the ball. And Mm -hmm. who benefits from that? Harry Kane and Sun Yun Ming. They thrive Mm -hmm. off service. When you look at Richarlison, what he gives you that Kuliszewski doesn't give you, he can score goals. He can create on his own. And when you're in things like the UEFA Champions League, you're going to need different keys to unlock different locks. And so, you know, this is – you have Perisic on one side. He's an out-and-out starter. He is a left wing back, I think, this Tottenham Hotspur's team has been missing. So-
1: one of the best players in Serie A last season, oh. by the way. So now you have Paris which on one side, to your point, of course. And then I think it's Harry Kane at the top, Michael. Mm-hmm. And then you've got... And the thing is, you rotate it, right? You, if you're playing, yeah. you know, with all due respect, a mid-table team in the Premier League, you can start Kulusevski in that game. But then when you have, like, you know, uh, Real Madrid, for example, and they're in your group in the Champions League, that's when you want to play around and stuff. I mean, this is a good problem for Antonio Conte, Michael LaHood.
2: Oh, absolutely. You... You have different answers to different solutions that are required. I, I very much expect Kulishevsky to, if he's not going to start in Champions League big games, I expect him to start in Premier League midweek games. And you want to settle competition. When you get your opportunity, get the job done. And there's nothing like competition to get the best out of strikers. You don't want competition in your back line. Because that means that there's a bit of instability there. You want your back line to be settled. I think their back line will be consistent and settled. Competition up top is a very good thing. It breeds goals.
1: Yeah, and now you have Yves Bissouma, who will solidify that midfield. And behind him, a very experienced centre-back in Lenglet as well. Tottenham is a team that I'm paying a lot of attention to coming into the new Premier League season. All right, well, having said all that, we've talked Man City, Liverpool, of course, Chelsea and Tottenham. Michael LaHood, let's do our predictions here, I guess. Ooh. Okay, so, I mean, this could be a very too early, exaggerative prediction uh, when it comes to where you see them in the table. You can be a little bit vaguer and see who can be above who or how, how they will do a cup competitions. How do you see these four? Uh, and by the way, actually, this is a very unique season, Michael, because we break... Mm-hmm. In, uh, towards the end of November for the World Cup. So in many ways, it's two Premier League seasons, you know, sandwiched between the World Cup. So how, how important is that going to be? And what do you see towards the end of the season in, in how these clubs end up?
2: I think the X factor is, I'm going to start with our first team that we talked about. The X factor in players, their fatigue, because these players are playing a ton of games and it's going to even ratchet up that much more because the World Cup, in this fall/slash winter. The X factor and a player who I think is going to be in form, start the Premier League well, ready to go. Erling Hallen. He doesn't have to worry about the World Cup. He is going to be fresh.
1: Good, to go. Good point.
2: And ready to go to just smack Premier League backlines and defenders who will have to worry about the World Cup, who will be fatigued. So I give Manchester City the slight edge. But Mohamed about- Salah
1: also doesn't have to worry about the World Cup, Michael. Ooh. That also helps him as well, right? Um listen. All right. So you do you have Man City? Okay, let's let's do it this easy, okay? Man City and Liverpool are the royalty of the Premier League. Yeah. Do you see those two and we haven't even talked about Arsenal because they didn't end fourth last season, but do you see anybody getting closer to joining that lineage of royalty?
2: I I think if there's one club they could because of the buzz the hype around them with some of the signings that they're making i think arsenal have the best opportunity they've they've needed a revamp at the number 9 position in gabriel jesus mm. and they do have good young talent and mikel arteta took a, a massive gamble on bringing new arsenal based talent into the first team and it's paying off in kai saka and Emil smith row i think this will be really a big year springboard for those players. If if Gabriel Jesus can get going early and often, then I think they're the closest and most likely to pip maybe Chelsea, depending on what they do in the church.
1: Wow. And Fabio Vieira, by the way, is a very good player as well. Another good addition for Arsenal. all right, but okay. So Arsenal is creeping in this conversation for this season then, right? So how, listen, here's the thing. All right, let's do this. Let's just do a very too early prediction here. Ooh. In your mind right now, who's winning this Premier League? Oh,
2: man.
1: Like right I, now. Right, right now, now. Without, you know. Liverpool. You have, despite the fact that they may need a few more players in the midfield, you still you have Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp getting some redemption here and winning it.
2: Liverpool. They okay. they Last time they they just lost out to Manchester City by one point in the Premier League title. Liverpool.
1: Okay. Does, They're man, be motivated. City, does man City win the Champions League for you this season?
2: This is their best opportunity yet. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you see them? Go- Do you see them going second in the Premier League? Then is it a Liverpool and yes. Manchester City? Okay,
2: Liverpool one, Manchester Manchester City two.
1: So, judging by what you're telling me, you're seeing either Chelsea and Tottenham bowing out here at this top four in exchange for Arsenal coming in, correct?
2: Yes, I, I Tottenham. I think it's third. Ars- and Chelsea Arsenal Chelsea doesn't get any. Chelsea. I think Arsenal most likely team. To pip into that top four is Chelsea. I, I don't think they're near the other aforementioned three teams, not yet. But Chelsea is the most vulnerable.
1: I'm, I'm okay. I'm gonna shock people right now. Okay. No, I know what, you're gonna, I know gonna gonna what make... you're gonna say. I <laughs> know what you're gonna say. What am I gonna say? Go on, say it. What do you think I'm gonna say?
2: Tottenham, we all love Tottenham, we all I'm, love I'm, Tottenham.
1: I'm, I'm, listen, I'm telling you something. I don't know if it's the romantic in me because I'm surrounded by all my uh, friends from high school and you need know that. <laughs> don't do uh, it. I, I'm telling you, right. Listen, it's the too early, exaggerated reaction. Yeah. And I've got some Arsenal friends, by the way, that are going to kill me right now. <laughs> if there is a team that is challenging Man City and Liverpool for the title this coming season, it's Tottenham. Mm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling, like, judging from what they're doing this summer, Judging from what they're getting right now, the fact that it's Antonio Conte, if it was another manager, I would be like, let's pump the brakes. But this is Antonio Conte we're talking about with a full preseason ready to go. Mm. He's ready to go. Tottenham is going to challenge Man City and Liverpool for this Premier League title. I'm with you on Arsenal. I think they're climbing up here. And I think I agree. Unless I see some other beneficiaries at the back for Chelsea... It's going to be a tough one for them. Man City is winning the Champions League this season. If you Ooh. don't do it with Erling Haaland, you don't belong anywhere else. I mean, come on, seriously. All
2: right. I so, I, I think about yeah, that ahead. Champions League prediction though, LME. I'm hesitant because I want to see what Barcelona do mm. in this transfer window. Man that's
1: City Barcelona favorite. final.
2: That's my that's my that's my go-to final. Depending on if they can land what they're trying to get, well, oh, that's a scary yeah. FC Barcelona project.
1: Of course, they have to be around for it, right? Let's, let's hope they don't break up yeah. fin- financially. They, they have to exist as a club for a whole year to see what they can do. But by the way, Barcelona and Man City face each other at the beginning of the season in a, uh, a fun cup competition mm. in Barcelona. So that final would be fun. Barcelona against Man City. I have Man City winning it. I have Tottenham challenging Liverpool-Man City for the Premier League title. Michael LaHood has Chelsea out of this top four. I might agree. Don't get mad, Chelsea fans. you still got a lot to do this summer, but we'll see what happens. But Michael LaHood, this has been so much fun. Um, We will continue this conversation as we get closer to the Premier League beginning of the season, of course, August 6th. But give me your final thoughts, buddy, before uh, we say goodbye.
2: Um, you know, I, I wore the Jersey for a reason and I, I want to go. I go <laughs> we didn't top, even talk about
1: Manchester United I know, in this I just, conversation. I'm,
2: I'm going to keep it the shortest I've ever kept it. Not going to bring any therapy into it. I just want to pour one for me and one for the Manchester <laughs> City transfer window
1: because
2: it, it ain't looking good. But I will say this. If the first domino of the Frankie de Jong domino, which mm-hmm. is the saga of the century right now, if that domino can fall, Christian Erickson seems to be landed. Yep. If those t- a couple pieces can fall, then I'm still I- I'm starting to get that hope. But they you know what they say, it's you, the hope that kills you.
1: You want Ronaldo in or out? Out. Yeah, absolutely. Out. Let's see. Let, you you let's said you get. said
2: it best last season. That and I didn't want to hear it when you said it on, on the show that uh he hurts more than helps. So out. it's
1: and it's not even against him. It's just no. that the project itself needs something else. Yeah. You have Jaden Sancho. If you get Frankie the Young, Christian Eriksen, now you're beginning to build something pretty special. But we will see. Because right now, at the end of the show, we did not have him have Manchester United in the top four. Will they win a cup? We will see. Eriksen as I'd love to do. Time will tell. But that was it, Michael LaHood, Yours truly. That was our top four chatter. Don't worry. We will continue to have this discussion. I am sure the angry comments will continue <laughs> as well. Michael LaHood, make sure to follow him uh, at Michael LaHood. Of course, don't forget to nominate us for the People's Podcast Awards. Of course, 2022, just select in the sports category. We have plenty more to come from uh, everybody here, including World Cup content as well, and some more interviews and chatter. Michael LaHood, LME, thank you so much, everybody. We will see you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Till then.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it.